Welcome to the Diversity and Inclusion on Air podcast. This podcast is a program of the American Association of Veterinary Medical Colleges Diversity Matters Initiative. The podcast explores various issues related to the diversity and inclusion in in the veterinary profession and provides the AAVMC an opportunity to offer ongoing diversity programming for our member institutions, but as well as all veterinary professionals. So my name is Dr. Lisa Greenhill. I'm the Senior Director for Institutional Research and Diversity at the AAVMC. On this episode of the show, we are catching up with one of my faves, Pride VMC. Pride Month 2021 starts next week. Can you believe like half the year is almost already over? Um, And I wanted to check in and see what activities Pride VMC is planning, as well as how things have been going during the pandemic. Joining me today are Drs. Dane Whitaker and Erica Lynn Hendel. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right. So as is our custom on this show, guests tell us a little bit about themselves. Erica, we're going to start with you as a newbie on the show. All right. So uh, hi, Uh, my name is Dr. Erica Lynn Hendel. I go by uh, they, them pronouns and also she, her pronouns. Um, I am a member of Pride BMC, so I'm active on some of the working groups and uh, was invited here today by Dr. Dana and uh, Dr. Mia. Uh, And I also work with Not One More Vet. I'm the lead of the uh, uh, student support committee uh, and then also do some work with some organizations in Des Moines, Iowa. So Iowa Queer uh, Communities of Color Coalition, I was a uh, swine veterinarian consulting um, through Allied Industry, and I'm now uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, and shifting towards small animal work and uh, just wanted to make more space for kind of the policy and volunteerism that, that I was working on. So, yeah. Fantastic. Welcome to the show. Dr. Thank Dane, you. what's going hey. on? Well, hey, everyone. My name is Dr. Dane Whitaker. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I am... Very happy to be here as always. I love coming and talking to Lisa on her show because this is one of my favorite places to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion in vet med, which is one of my favorite topics. Um, I'm the president of Pride VMC. We're the LGBTQ plus vet group. Uh, We're really involved in advocacy, education, um, mentorship for queer folks in the vet profession. So really excited about the work that we're doing. Um, in my day job, I guess I do, um, I'm a small animal relief veterinarian in the San Francisco and Sacramento areas. Um, so that's what I do most of the time. My, my real passion in the veterinary world, aside from DEI work is, um, marine mammal rehab work. So I also work as a relief veterinarian in, uh, Sausalito, California at the Marine Mammal Center, uh, rehabilitating sick and injured seals, sea lions, sea turtles, um, and sea otters. So basically anything that lives in the sea that comes our way, we take care of it. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to be here. You know, Pride Month kickoff, talking about all the work that we're doing at at Pride VMC. And as I said, one of my favorite places to do that is here with you, Lisa. So thank you for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. I am delighted that you both are here today. So let's, uh, get on with the get on here. So, um, 
So, Dane, can you explain like what groups fall under Pride BMC? Because like, so I realized as I was doing pre-production for this show that um, while you have been on the show a number of times, I don't think I've done a Pride like organizational show since you all changed your name um, from LGBMA a few years ago. Yeah, so Pride VMC is, as I said earlier, I like to say we're the LGBTQ plus vet group, right? Well, what does that mean, right? That's a whole bunch of, of letters. Um, I got involved in the organization probably about, I don't know, 15 years ago. And it was right as I was going through my own gender transition. And I realized that the LGBMA, which we were called formerly the Lesbian and Gay Veterinary Medical Association, um, you know, just like folks in veterinary medicine, folks, folks in the queer community love acronyms, right? So we're <laughs> just doing letters for everything. And I thought, well, there's no T in there. So mm. in an effort to create a more inclusive environment, we decided that we needed to change our name. Um, and so really went through a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, turmoil around what that would be and finally settled on Pride Veterinary Medical Community or Pride VMC as we're known now. But really our roots are in the LGVMA. And even before that, we had uh, organizations. Uh, I think we started out as I'm Glad, which stood for the <coughs> International Membership of Gay and Lesbian Animal Doctors. So that's an acronym for you. Uh, and then uh, AgVets was that maybe somewhat confusing, but it was the Association of Gay Veterinarians. Um, and in about it's 19- totally going a different direction, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. In 1993 is when we um, formed as the LGBMA. So we're excited about that anniversary because coming up in 2023 will be our 30 year anniversary as an organization of queer veterinarians, um, really were probably one of the original uh, mm -hmm. DEI or affinity organizations in vet med. So really a lot of history there. And, and now our current umbrella, our, our main group that's under us, I guess, is our student arm, mm -hmm. Pride Student VMC. And back in 2019, I think the Broad Spectrum, uh -huh. which was sort of the student yeah organization on, across campuses, as well as there were a couple of chapters that were called the student LGVMA. Yeah. They voted to become affiliated officially with Pride VMC. So now they are officially the Pride student VMC. So that that's the main group that's under our sort of umbrella. And then we have lots of working groups, which are kind of the old, in the old days, we used to call them committees, <laughs> uh, but groups of our members that are working on different initiatives within our organization. So, so that's kind of the, the way we're structured. Sounds great. It's so great to see the evolution of this group and, and for it to be so big and um, just really great stuff. So, um, so Erica, tell us a little bit about some of the programs that are underway. Like what, so you've yeah. got all of these working groups and, and Dana, I appreciate the comment, like the, le the lexicon around, like it's a task force, <laughs> it's a working group. No, it's a committee, you know, all of these kinds of things. But so, yeah, tell us what's, what, what are some of the big things that uh, Pride VMC are, are, is doing right now? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll be able to cover some, and, and Dane, of course, feel free to jump in uh, if I miss anything, uh, which I probably will because there's so much going on. Um, so we have a whole bunch of different 
uh, prior to 2021 activities, there are, there are gatherings, there are interviews, there are spotlights of members, and all of that can be found on our on our website. So if anyone's curious, um, I'm actually working with uh, Aaron Spencer, who's the treasurer, to, to host one of our parties, uh, which is going to be virtual, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. There's going to be like three different areas for one for storytelling, one for games, and one for maybe karaoke and dancing for the more extroverted folks to, to get some of their energy out. So um, we'd love to have people join us. Uh, all of those details are on the website again. Um, the other programming that we have that's kind of ongoing, we have um, educational events. We have a this year. So that's kind of speaking behalf um, of the LGBTQIQ uh, organizations um, and our roles. And also just if uh, if you want a Pride BMC speaker to participate in an event. Um, and, uh, you know, we have stuff going into 2022 in the plan. We're going to be at BMX 2022. Uh, and one of the biggest things that I'm currently involved with is a gender identity uh, bill of rights and a um, transition uh, working guide uh, for employers and for the veterinary profession in general. Um, and so that that is probably one of the most um, incredible things that I've gotten the opportunity to be part of. Uh, my co-authors, Dr. Ewan Wolf and Dr. Jenna Ward, um, we started out heading the, the subcommittee in, in the DEI working group talking about um, gender identity in the veterinary profession in general. It's something that, you know, there's a lot of work to do. And what we recognize in looking at some of the resources that are currently being used is that just a basic Bill of Rights is required. You know, this is a very personal thing um, for, for many of us involved in the working group and especially for um, Dr. Ewan and I, like it's, it's incredibly personal and we recognize that there are just some things that for us in the in the trans non-binary and gender non-conforming community that for us are very clear to be things that are harmful or not okay um, are not necessarily recognized as such by, by people outside of the community. And so we looked at this document as something to really introduce those. Uh, and there's not really anything out there that exists like this. So um, the, the board is currently in the process of finalizing their approval of the document and that'll go up on the website. And we have uh, signatories, we have people from from the community and activists through the community that have been giving their input and helping us shape the document. So this is a living document and we're just, I'm so excited about it. I can't wait to see it really take off and, and spread throughout the profession. Um, and I think I, some of the other things uh, going on, I'm, I'm gonna toss this back to Dane to cover because that, that's probably where most of my expertise and background is and my participation in the group. So I want to make sure that the rest of it gets gets uh, covered as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I'm super excited about the, the Bill of Rights and the Gender Transitioning Guide because, I mean, mm -hmm. when I, I went through transition on the job, you know, 15 years ago, not really knowing anything. And if I had had an organization like Pride BMC to turn to and say, you know, how, how do I do this? Or better yet, 
I mean, for me, you know, for trans folks, you, you kind of figure it out, right? You, this is yeah. your life's path. You're going to end up taking that path. But I think the, the bigger part of the, the, the Gender Identity Bill of Rights and the Transitioning Guide is to have a resource to give to folks to, um, you know, that, that are not necessarily going through, through transition, but are supporting somebody through that, whether it's someone in HR or someone, you know, that's the, the, the you know, practice manager or however you want to look at it, or in, in a, a college setting or university setting, so that those folks can have guidance on how to support and how to ally with, with mm-hmm. transport trans folks. So I'm really excited about it. And I think Erica, you did a great job of covering all the things we're going to be doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, Dan, can you talk a little bit about um, Pride VMC's efforts to get DEI content, including as a part of licensing? And so, you know, of course, like, even when groups like we don't talk, <laughs> it always gets around because, right. you know, I had, a, I had, um, uh, I think the good folks in, um, uh, I think it was Utah said, Hey, Oh yeah. Okay. So we did the thing. Now we actually have to do the thing. <laughs> Can right. you help us? <laughs> we actually adopted this, uh, you know, as a part of our CE requirements. Now, what do we do? So talk a little bit about, about, you know, this, this effort, which I think is great. Yeah. Yeah. I can certainly um, sort of introduce it. I think because Erica's actually specifically been working on this working group, definitely want to get her intake on this, but basically, um, you know, if you think about it, one of the, the real things that we're working on as a diversity, equity, and inclusion affinity organization in vet med is how do we increase awareness? How do we get that ball rolling where, you know, so many of the times when I've gone to conferences and given talks about, you know, being LGBTQ plus in the community, I realize that half the time I'm preaching to the choir, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. to folks who know this stuff. We want to get that word out to folks who don't know and maybe don't know that they need to be educated about what it means to be an ally and what why diversity is and equity and inclusion is important. So part of that was, okay, how do we do that? And the folks, you know, on our amazing DEI working group came up with this idea. What if we push to get, you know, when you go to do your CE to, to renew your license, you have to do two hours of uh, continuing education in opioid addiction uh, mm-hmm. prevention. You have to do two hours of uh, CE in antibiotic resistance. What about if we have another couple of hours in um, diversity training? You know, so it really, I think, was a fantastic idea. And um, so the DEI working group has been taking the initiative to put it out there and go to each um, individual uh, state VMA to try to get it put on, you know, to to, as part of, of continuing education. And I know I think uh, Kara Burns, who is one of our former former board members, is working on that, um, you know, on tracking that. So it, it's really uh, that I'm glad that Utah is on board. Uh, that's actually the first I've heard of it. So fantastic. Um, and hopefully, you know, Erica, I don't know, you can fill in some more on, on how things are going on the ground with the with the working group. Yeah, I, I think you covered it incredibly well. I'll say that there's a, there's a lot of um, there's just it's a lot of boots on the ground kind of situation. Like we just have to have those conversations. We have to 
um, get those conversations going kind of directly and in person to really um, talk about people's concerns. I mean, we run into this, um, you know, as well with the with the Bill of Rights, as far as talking to different organizations about what their questions are, and those conversations um, take time. Uh, and I think that this is probably going to take some time because th- some of the questions that come up are are like, how do we make sure that the CE that is used? meets the needs that we have, right? Like making sure that all of those things meet um, like the standards of, of what the the DEI affinity organizations want to see. Um, and I think that, that that's really important. Um, and, uh, you know, recently at a discussion group I was with, with Dr. Uh, Tina Tran from MCBMA, it was also the discussion of how do we ensure that you know, yes, the CE as a minimum, but like this is a continuous thing that needs to be happening, um, maybe beyond. So, uh, how to encourage that as well um, is is really the things that we talk about as well in the DEI uh, working group of of addition in addition to the CE. How can we encourage even more? Yeah, sure, sure. No, this is great, and um, <clears throat> you know, I'd I'd heard. Uh, you know, some things have come across my my email, and and you know, I didn't realize, uh, frankly, that Pride VMC was really kind of the the genesis organization, um, and and it's great. Uh, you know, certainly my own work doesn't necessarily always extend beyond the colleges. Certainly, you see me in a lot of places, but really, the core of my work is related to to AAVMC's membership, and so um, this idea of really kind of making sure that um, you know DEI, um, you know, uh, uh, CE continuing ed is available and and required um, is really just an important extension of this work, and I'm really just so excited. About about it. Of course, now for folks that are listening or watching who are like, well, how do we get like when when it happens in my state? Well, how are we going to do that? Well, gee, Dane and I have done lots of programming for AVMA. <laughs> that content is probably available in high quality, um, been reviewed and all of that. So so that's certainly one uh, one place to get that, um, you know, get those uh, those hours done um, yeah, a lot. Yeah, you can even get you can even get like seven CE credits out of if you yeah. do the Brave Space program. Yeah. That's that's yeah, awesome. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know a lot of the colleges also have certificate programs. And the, guess what? Ha ha! The podcast is <laughs> is eligible for use in and oh, filling wow. those requirements. And so you know some of the things that I ch- have chatted about with some of the states that have been looking at this and thinking about what resources are available. Um, you know, I'm like, no, there's actually a lot more content than you think is um, is out there and constantly being generated um, that at least I'd like to say is pretty good hot quality. <laughs> mm, awesome. <laughs> So, um, you know, turning, turning um, kind of downward a bit, uh, how are you all responding to the large number of states that are seeking to pass or have already passed during this legislative cycle anti-trans legislation? Um, it's really kind of creepy out here, um, what's going on, um, just really um awful, awful pieces of legislation. And so, you know, um, um, how are you responding to that and what guidance are you giving your members? 
Yeah, I think that, you know, there's, in my mind, there's kind of two parts to this, right? There's sort of the work that we're doing all the time internally uh, Mm -hmm. to create the Gender Identity Bill of Rights, to create the transitioning guide, to really have the conversations and increase awareness around the existence um, and the amazing contributions of trans folks to our profession. So that's, that's kind of the ongoing work that, that started well before these bills started, obviously. Uh, and it's obviously the work that we're going to continue to do and put even more emphasis on. I do think that the other side of it is kind of what you're mentioning, Lisa, is how do we respond to this? Um, one of the original uh, uh, things that happened when I first got involved with Pride VMC was back when the bathroom bill that everybody knows about came came out in North Carolina. I don't know, what was it, eight or nine years ago? I was actually contacted by a transgender veterinarian who later went on to become very involved in our organization. And he said, hey, I'm a vet student and I'm a senior and I'm getting ready to go do my externship and it's in North Carolina. What do I do? You know, and, and so it was kind of the first time in my experience that we, as an organization, we'd been faced with this. And a lot of it was about, okay, let's get the resources together. Let's kind of get get some information together for him so that, you know, if, if it's not something that we can solve directly, yeah. we can at least provide information and connecting people, whether it's with the Human Rights Commission or the Transgender Law Center, you know, so that, mm-hmm. that there is that aspect. I think as an organization, we haven't really figured out exactly what a direct response to this is. I think in my mind, I would love to be, to have to have enough power, enough sway to say, oh, well, we're going to do X, Y, Z, and that's going to put pressure on these states or these governments. I think as an organization, we're probably not there. Um, But I do think that there are ways creatively that we can think about this and really work to to have a a response to these laws. Because, you know, this is as horrible as it sounds and as as prevalent as it is, this is something that as a community we have faced from, you know, forever. So it's definitely something that we just need to, you know, three steps forward, five steps back, you just like, figure out what you're going to do about it. And, you know, it's, it's, it sucks and it's horrible, but it's also motivating in a way to say, all right, we, we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, sure. 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 Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, it's been hard, uh, to watch as someone doing this type of work, um, to see, um, (laughs) the deluge of anti- fill in the blank legislation um, this mm-hmm. cycle. But this one has been really um, particularly challenging, I think, in, in some places. And um, I think that the the gender identity piece, the um, Bill of Rights that you all are developing is a really great local way to kind of, um, you know, encourage your colleagues to say, hey, like, we're going to embrace this. And so, you know, in our business and the way that we do things here in this work environment, you know, we're going to hold true to these, um, these rights. So, um, so I think it's a, it's a really, um, while it may not have been designed or thought of in the context of a response, I think it it certainly um, is one way of responding as well. So. Yeah, I think I think that it can make a really huge difference when there is um, safety in work to kind of help balance 
the the anti trans and anti LGBTQ plus um, legislation that is going to be going on. Because, uh, unfortunately, I don't think that it's going to stop anytime soon. So when we can carve out those spaces um, and then also increase allyship, I think that that we've gotten tremendous um, support thus far already in the conversations we've had to get feedback. And um, I think it will continue to grow um, as we continue to talk about it. And then we can continue to ask our, our membership about what other aspects in our lives that can there can there be support because there are families um, in our community that are impacted by these bills yeah. with with their kids and it's just an absolute nightmare um, and things like this are really really going to do um, a lot of good at waving green flags to support um, people within our community. Great, great. So, uh, oh yeah, and Dane, the bathroom thing, you said like eight or nine years, that was only five years ago. I think oh. in pandemic time, we just like wow. tacked on years <laughs> to just everything. <laughs> no, but I was thinking to myself, like, I'm like, no, it's gotta be like a, a decade ago. No, no, it was only five years wow. ago. <laughs> well, there you go. Time flies, um, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, yeah, I mean, I, I call it pandemic time. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, this is the second year, speaking of the pandemic, that, that Pride Month will largely be online. And so, you know, and, and the good news for at least last year was that, you know, it didn't happen right as the pandemic was getting on. So a lot of organizations like Pride VMC, including Pride VMC, had kind of figured out how to do some like online events by then and do them, you know, well, because like those online events from March and early April were a little rough for all of us. <laughs> so, but you're going to do it again this year and it's going to be largely online. So, um, so what kind of fun stuff do you all have planned? What kind of fun, educational, supportive stuff? We've got, oh my gosh, there's so much. I can't even keep track of it all. So the first thing I'm going to say is, if you're worried they're going to miss anything, go to our website, pridevmc.org, and there's an events tab. So you can search for that to see all of the fantastic events that we have. Um, but basically, um, we are doing a couple of happy hours. So the first one's coming up on June 2nd, and that's going to be with myself and the student, the new incoming student rep. And we're going to do all kinds of fun trivia and have some breakout rooms. So it's it's... Definitely all virtual work. The, the attempt or the theme, I guess, for this month, mm-hmm. at least in my mind, is to try to make virtual less virtual. I don't know if that's possible, um, <laughs> but we've got a couple of happy hours. Um, there are so a couple of really cool collaborations. Um, during Black History Month in February, we did a collaboration with Dr. Kemba Marshall on sort of mm-hmm. talking about the intersectionality of DEI and vet med. So we're going to have part two of that. So we did. Uh, February, now we're doing June for Pride Month. Uh, so we'll be talking to her. Um, we're also doing a collaboration with Dr. Tierra Price from the Black DVM Network. Um, that one, we're still uh, sort of fleshing out the details, but I think it's going to be mostly a dance party. Uh, <laughs> there might also be some panel discussions too. So we're, we're, we're still working on that one. But again, it's a similar, we collaborated with Tierra for Black History Month. So now we're doing the, the sort of flip side yeah. of that for Pride Month. So really excited about those. Um, 
We have uh, a couple of educational um, uh, presentations that are coming up. Um, one is for VMX, which is the big, uh, mm -hmm. more, um, the big uh, veterinary conference that normally takes place in January got pushed to uh, June. So out of, um, we're gonna take advantage of that. And it's a virtual uh, presentation with myself, uh, Dr. Abby McElroy and Dr. Debbie Kativer, who are both um, uh, fellow board members for Pride VMC. So we're gonna be talking about allyship in vet med from, a, um, from an LGBTQ plus perspective. So a lot of really exciting stuff. I think it's, it, you know, I wish, I mean, for me, pride is always tough because it's, uh, it is kind of the high holy days, right? This is, yes. you know, I don't care about like all the other holidays. June is like, this is when we get together as chosen family and we celebrate and we hang out and we go to the park. And, you know, that's here on the ground in San Francisco. It is still mostly virtual, but things are starting to come back. You know, yeah, there, sure. there is one event that where that's happening in a, uh, they're going to show some movies in a ballpark. So, you know, we're, there's going to be some in-person stuff, but uh, for Pride BMC, it's all virtual still. Um, but we're going to make the most of it and, and have a good time. So check out the website and definitely join us for those activities. There is all kinds of really good stuff uh, on the website. And I will definitely be um, hitting you all up for that, uh, that, potential virtual dance party. I am all mm -hmm. like, who is say? <laughs> what's happening? I'm really, really interested um, in that. Um, so, so Erica, what is going on with um, uh, the student arm of Pride VMC? Oh, okay. So um, I'm going to do the best I can, but like they are doing so much stuff that it is, again, kind of difficult to cover. Um, but so uh, President Kate Alucard took the helm in March, um, leading the new executive team. And uh, at the AVMA convention, um, uh, she's going to be uh, presenting Beyond Buzzwords um, to talk about reframing allyship in vet med education. So that's going to be amazing, highly recommend. Um, and as a, a group collectively, the, the pronoun stethoscope, stethoscope clips have been made by the student team on 3D printers. And this is, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to see, see in person yet, but they're absolutely amazing. Um, and I really love it, especially for me, because they have both they and she uh, pronoun clips. So I, I really am excited about that kind of flexibility that they've incorporated um, and also they're launching a website this year for, for some of those direct um, connections and community connections between all the student chapters and mm -hmm. that type of um, facilitation of their leadership. So it's really, really exciting to see. So um, they're just doing so much. Um, they also have been really important in shaping the um, the Gender Identity Bill of Rights. So they've contributed, they've contributed their voices as well. So it's super exciting. Right. Yeah, I just have to give a plug for the stethoscopes clips because I mean, as a relief veterinarian, I travel to lots of different practices and I had an experience recently of being in a practice that I'd never been before with my stethoscope clip on. You know, usually I wear a little rainbow bracelet too, okay. you know, like try to give the subtle sides of I'm here, I'm queer. <laughs> and um, one of the, the technicians that I was working with in the hospital was like, oh my gosh, I love your stethoscope clip. 
I identify as they, them. And that may never have come out without that clip to sort of initiate that conversation. So obviously Mm -hmm. they saw the clip and they felt safe to say, hey, this is who I am. And that is exactly what this is all about. It's just like opening that door just a little bit to start a conversation. And, you know, Pride BMC got a new member. Their boss got some new insight into what gender identity is all about. So get your stethoscope clip, go to the the Pride BMC website and order one. Yes, they are super, super cute too. Look at them. They're like really cool. Uh, Only six bucks. Uh, So yeah, go on the site. Definitely check it out. Um, So, you know, one of the things that I I often tell folks when I am doing um, trainings and such is that, you know, um, the whatever group that I might be working with, you know, certainly advocates and activists are really, really important in doing work that pushes us all forward, right? But, you know, you can't expect folks whose identities have been marginalized to fix this problem. This is the problem mm-hmm. <laughs> of like dominant groups, right? Whatever, whatever the group is that has been, you know, frankly oppressive um, is really the responsibility is really on, um, you know, us to get it together and, and affect change. So, um, and, and thinking about that and recognizing that allyship does still take a step back to, um, you know, the, the folks with the identities kind of leading the charge, what can allies do um, to better support the work of Pride BMC? Like it is, it is really, you know, those of us who are straight and cisgendered, this like we gotta, we gotta step up. So what should we be doing? Yeah, I, I think that the, in my mind, there's kind of two parts to allyship really. And the, the first is probably the most important and that is to educate yourself. So mm-hmm. I think that the first step is to learn, you know, what are the terms that the community uses to refer to themselves? Um, what are the the issues that folks are facing? Um, take a you know take an online uh, training. Go listen to a podcast. Get familiar with the um, what it's like to be in that person's position. And then I think the second part of allyship really is once you have that, then being willing to put yourself in that uncomfortable position of saying something you know, standing up for folks who don't have the same privileges as you do. And I think that's the really hard part. I mean, it's it's easy to say, oh yeah, I love my gay friends, you know, but if you are then willing to take that extra step and be a real ally and have done the, the work to educate yourself and then be willing to get into that uncomfortable position. And I know that that's often really difficult because people... Um, you know, so many times folks will say to me, oh, I, I heard somebody using the wrong pronoun for someone, or I heard somebody misgendering someone, or I heard somebody, you know, making you know, jokes about um, queer folks that weren't appropriate or whatever it is. I heard this happening and I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what to do. So I didn't do anything. And I think that is, that just breaks my heart when I hear that because yeah. that's the real piece that's missing. So what can you do? educate yourself. And the first place to start is join Pride BMC, right? 
if you want to support our organization, you want to support the work that we're doing, we are open to everyone. You don't have to identify as LGBTQ plus to be a member. So I encourage everyone to join, be an ally. And that, that's kind of the, that's step one. And that will kind of open the door to all the different things that you can learn about and different um, roles that you can step into as a real ally and an advocate. So step one is join the organization. Awesome. awesome. Eric, I don't know if you have anything to add to oh, that. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, I, I think that that there was, um, you covered so much. And I think that one of the very specific things that was contained in what you said, but I like to make sure that it's specifically said is, is amplification, right? So as, as Dane said, um, you know, he was talking about knowing the issues that are important. And I think that taking those issues or, or, you know, really amplifying the voices of uh, marginalized communities um, in the things that they care about, um, showcasing their leadership, um, showcasing their contributions is really important because really fundamentally visibility um, is a really powerful thing. And also the visibility of active allyship is such a powerful thing, um, both in in moving things forward, but also back in our community. Like I know that when I come across uh, individuals that are such powerful allies, just in the interaction interaction with them, that is an affirming experience for me. Just having someone say like, no, no questions asked. I understand why I'm showing up in this way. And I am here to push this forward with you. I don't have to ask a million questions of why it's important. Like that feels so good. And that continues to, to, you know, preserve my bandwidth in the work that I'm doing and the work that my colleagues are doing in, in the active allyship and the activism that's happening. Yeah. Great. Awesome. So awesome. 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 I think that it's, it's, um, it's so important. I think that so many, um, you know, if you think of all of, all of our support for, for, um, for diversity or collegial diversity groups, I mean, it really is on this giant continuum, right? And a lot of times Mm -hmm. with LGBT plus issues, like we're all delighted to start show up for pride. I mean, it's got rainbows, there are parties, right? <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I think that sometimes we forget what Pride was really supposed to be about. <laughs> and two, like, that's the only time some of us show up, right? I mean, it's a good time. Um, I even mentioned that I wanted to find out more about the dance party. However, <laughs> there is, is more to put in Pride Month than, than just the celebrations and that, you know, the work has to go on, you know, 12 months, over and over again and so you know the other thing is just you know don't be afraid just to yeah you can show up in, on pride month and then stay <laughs> like, yeah, hang around. Yeah. please we love <laughs> we love having company <laughs> so this is this is the time so uh thank you both for for taking time out of your schedules um especially you erica all the way i'm not yeah. sure what time it is um in georgia not georgia peaches folks georgia the country <laughs> not sure what time it is there but i really appreciate you <laughs> thank, oh, you, thank you so much i'm happy yeah. to be here dane always always a pleasure yes. always thank a pleasure. you so much lisa
Thank, Thank you. you. So this has been another episode of the Diversity and Inclusion on Air podcast. To my guests, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app and to like us on Facebook. Um, and so with that, I will bid you adieu until the next show. Thanks so much again. Have a great afternoon. Bye, everyone. Take care. Thank you.